And welcome back to the Yankees Nation pod podcast presented by uh, New York Sports Media. Today is Wednesday, March 23rd. We are about just under, just over two weeks from opening day. And uh, we have some more clarity on the Yankees roster now. And we'll, we'll discuss some stuff that went around around the league because uh, it relates to targets uh, that we had discussed for the team as well. But Brian, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm very excited. I'm actually going to go see some spring spring baseball. Uh, I'm out. Obviously, I'm out here in San Diego, but I'm headed to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona tomorrow, and I'm sure I'll be getting a game in with a couple of relatives. And, and uh, looking forward, looking forward to it. A little worried that I would have had to play one extra golf game instead of going and seeing baseball, <laughs> you know, because my golf game is not nearly as good as my fandom. So. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to forget that there were moments where we, we were thinking we might not we not might not have baseball until July if uh, yeah. that lockout didn't get resolved. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, good on the player reps for over for uh, over over voting their uh, executive committee. So yeah. yeah, yeah, as my as my dad said, it would have been a he, he was never convinced they were missing games. It was, it would have been such a terrible look for the yeah. games this year. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's get into the Yankees news. We have our solution at first base. Um, realistically, they could have stuck with Luke Voigt, but they, that was never going to happen. Um, oh, this is a total upgrade. This is continuing to be a total upgrade to our defense around the infield. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the Yankees, uh, as I, I think I alluded to it last episode where I, I thought that it's like, I thought this is what they do. They brought back Anthony Rizzo on a two year, $16 million opt out, I mean, $16 million a year opt out. So yeah. 32 million with an opt out after the first year, which for a player like Anthony Rizzo, that's a good contract. Like you're yeah. not, you're not uh, attached to him long-term, but um I mean, I mean, I think that the contract, I, I mean, fans are a little disappointed with missing out on a guy like Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson, but uh, the, I can't complain about the contract that actually was signed here. Oh, yeah, I think. And, and you know, Rizzo's leadership and his defense in the infield, in addition to the fact that we, I think we kicked it around the idea, you know, uh, last week, but I mean, how many times? How many times has he been, you know, tempting us with that right field porch, you know, especially when he came up last year? I mean, he had so many high arcing foul balls into the right field, into the uh, the stands down the first baseline, and I think he's he's going to turn around. But but he is just a solid hitter all the way around too, and if he can keep healthy, he's going to be a you know. He's he's really one one year of him, and then I hope a second year of him is just going to be awesome. Because yep. uh, you know you, you, we we will talk about the whole infield here in a little bit, but I I just think you know there's a guy where you tell the rest of the infielders I don't care where you throw it I'm going to get it. Yeah. Um. The this is someone as the off season went along went along more. Uh, I, I looked into. Uh, how he did as a Yankee, how he, uh, he did really good when he first came over, then he got COVID. And, um, when he came back from COVID, he wasn't, he didn't hit too well, but he was right. adjusting back to, to seeing the ball again. And after about 
week or two, he was back to hitting the way that he was before, uh, before he got COVID. Um, and obviously he's a defensive upgrade. He is, um, he's been less injury prone than Luke Voigt. Uh, Voigt's best year in 2020, he was playing hurt as well with the, with the foot stuff. Um, (laughs) and leading the uh, league in home runs on the short season. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I've looked, I looked into, um, like projections as well for uh, Rizzo and they uh-huh. were, um, they were better than I expected to be honest. Like he, um, I, I think they went up when he, he signed back with the Yankees because of the, the ballpark fit as well. Yep. But, mm-hmm. but still, um, I, yeah. if he stays healthy. I, I have full confidence that he's going to be a, a solid, a solid player to have. And there are other intangibles with him too. Uh, you know, it came out last year how he was working with Gallo on uh, trying to cheat up on the plate a little bit, so so Gallo could have more plate coverage, and uh, and things like that. So I'm 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 excited. You know, I mean, Rizzo started out here with the Padres. I don't know if you remember that, if you recall that, but he did. And then uh, in one of what was annually was was an annual event for the Padres, they were doing their fire sale right after the All Star break every year. And um, or, or just before it. So but I, you know, I've, I've seen him. I've tracked him for so long, but I think it's just, um, you know, there's there's so many more things that are settling down. You know, I, I, I look at him and I see Tino Martinez to 2.0. Yeah. Uh, one, not, one not, not, th- not impressed with that, were you? Tino was my brother's favorite player when he was growing up as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he's Tino 2.0, then great. That means he's also having a lot of a lot of good postseason moments as well. Yeah, so we hope. Um, yeah. well, one thing that I, I realized, uh, taking into account what the Yankees did with the whole infield, is um, Rizzo is way below average for like his striker strikeout rate. Like he just he's he doesn't strike out right. very much. Um, neither does IKF. And uh-huh. uh, Donaldson actually like the first, your first instinct might be like, oh, he's just another righty power bat who's going to strike out. Like, no, he's um, he he strikes out below league average as well. So um, so did, we've got that contact lineup in the infield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of balances out the Gallo and you know Gallo and uh, Judge Judge and Stanton are. They don't strike out more than league average. Like they're slightly more than league average. They're not like yeah. crazy, but right. but still, it balances it out a bit. Um, let's get to Freddie Freeman, who I, as as it went along in his free agency, it it just seemed like he was gonna take the best deal with L.A., even if it was a discount, which turned out turned out it was, and it also came out that he only considered. LA and Boston. So thank God he chose LA. Yeah, really? <laughs> wow. I I did not know that. Oh my goodness. And the Rays were in on him and like t- they, yeah. they offered him uh, they offered him a competitive offer too, which good for baseball, but you know, <laughs> I don't want to see the Rays adding guys <laughs> like Freddie Freeman to what they already have. You know, I'm just I just look forward to the raised model of, you know, as a guy finishes his uh, 
his arbitration years and stuff like that. It's time to move him on to somebody else. You know, <laughs> yeah. they only signed one big guy, but, but they just, they've got a farm system that just can't just doesn't stop. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, I, uh, you know, good on Freddie uh, for being out here. I might sneak down to Petco and watch him once or twice and uh, think about, think a little bit about what it might've been, but you know what? I, I was, uh, I was very okay um, with, uh, with getting Rizzo back. Yeah. yeah. Fre Freddie, you would have had to, to overpay. Like hey, you probably would have had to go seven years or something like that. And um, which there are certain guys that I would like to see the Yankees do that with. And they did that with Garrett Cole a couple of years yeah. ago, which yeah. I think that was, uh, that was worth it. But I don't know if uh, a 32 year old first baseman as much as good as Freeman is. I, I don't know if that, is worth going that far um, yeah. with. So well, we'll see what happens. But you know, right now at that that you look at that Dodger lineup, that is one massively scary lineup if they can yep. keep everybody healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You take you lose Seeger and you replace him with Freeman basically. And you're getting a, a full year of Trey Turner. So it'll be a be a really good lineup. Um let's Let's get to Carlos Correa. He signed. That was one of the biggest shocks of the offseason, basically. He signed with the Minnesota Twins three years, opt-outs after each year. Um, yeah. And he's getting paid $35.1 million a year, which is the <laughs> highest average annual, annual value for a, a position player, which um, – oh. Considering he wasn't getting that ten-year, three fifty million that, that he was asking for, I think the lockout played into that, um, and something fell off with his free agency. Like the the Astros didn't even like the fact that the Astros didn't bring him back on this kind of deal is shocking to me. Um, well, I you know uh, Scott Boris. Has has been known to rub owners the wrong way, and uh, and uh, you know you never know. But uh, I, I think we give uh, an assist to the Yankees here for uh, taking on the Donaldson contract and freeing yeah. up the money for the Twins to uh, make this move. So I think you know, um, in, in 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 effect, the uh, in in effect, the Yankees got what they needed, which was a really good defensive shortstop who uh, probably could be a plus hitter if we, if we see him later on as we, as we track him. So, and, you know, uh, I think all of this, uh, I guess we'll talk to story in the next, but, but all of this just speaks to the fact that the Yankees really were putting a lot of uh, they're, they're putting a lot of stock in the, in the futures um, yeah. of, of their, uh, their infield players, you know, that, that they got coming up. Yeah. This is out of the three guys that we're talking about now. Um, this is the one that like, it, if it stings, it stings a little bit because this is the guy that I wanted <laughs> out of like Seager Correa's story. I Correa was the guy that I liked the best, but um, I don't know. I think I'm, someone, I'm okay. who, I'm someone okay who, yeah, I, I have to think that <laughs> maybe his back problems that he's had might've mm. played into this as well. Having back problems already at 27 years old is uh, is definitely oh, yeah. something that you gotta you got have to look into. Um, 
So. And you look at it. I mean, we've just we've we've gone through the you know they say the best ability is availability, right? And yeah. and when we look at our outfield and and we see the two corner guys, you know, if we can keep Judge and Stanton healthy, um, you know, and Gallo Gallo gets his time obviously too in there and stuff. But you know that we last year we saw what Judge and Stanton could do with be by being available almost the whole season. So again, a lot of credit to the the offseason programs that made them ready, get, got them ready, and and uh, and stuff. But you look at our infield now. I mean, IKF 158 games last year. Uh, Donaldson is averaging. You said what 132 games a season. He played and, played like a hundred around 135 last year. Yeah, he played like 150 in 2019. Yeah, uh, he's had and, some injuries, but he's had years where he's played a lot of games as well. So. Yeah. And then, you know, DJ is coming off the hernia and, um, and of course Torres. So you've got your fourth guy in there just in case. Um, and Rizzo of course has the back, has a back challenge too, but you know, let's hope we can keep him healthy. But I, I think, I think you're looking at a pretty healthy, you know, uh, starting eight on the position side. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and then we, you know, we'll talk pitching in a little bit, but, but I think, you know, I like it. And they say, have we, have we moved the story yet? Cause, uh, or yeah, uh, okay. we, can, we can talk about story. Okay. So the one thing that I was surprised about is everybody's saying that stories, uh, throwing elbow is like yeah. mush. That okay. was, um, that, that was heavily discussed at the trade deadline as well. Cause yeah, they, that, that, that was part of why his, uh, trade, uh, trade stock, uh, went down. Right. And, 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 also, because he was having a down year as well. So, yeah. So the Yankees spend enough time on the, you know, Yankee Yankee players spend enough time on the IL. Why bring players in that you have to plan for them to be on the IL? And and that's what I I, I really like. Uh, the more I talk about the moves and stuff, the more I like what they've done. Um, people are fearful about what the Blue Jays did, what the you know what the Red Sox are doing a little bit, what the Rays do, um, but. But, you know, I'd say the Blue Jays are going to be a real good contender as far as if they can keep healthy. But they've got guys that that go on and off the DL, uh, the injury list, excuse me, the IL more than not. So I'm I'm liking I'm liking where as much as people are saying we didn't make the big splash. I'm okay. I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you look at it, the Twins have. Carlos Correa at shortstop, Gio Urshela at third and Gary Sanchez at, at catcher. And um, basically the question is, are you taking those three over Donaldson, IKF, and the, the, the catchers that we have, or are you taking those three? I think, I think it's pretty cl- – I think you could go either way on that. I, I think, um, like, Correa is the best player out of any one of those. But yeah. um, Yankees upgrading at two positions rather than – one and maybe yep. maybe it works out better for them uh, yep only time will tell and and regarding story um they i i get kind of a kick out of this because you know story is a really good defensive shortstop but they're having him play second base because xander bogarts is um <laughs> he is yeah you can't he doesn't want to move yeah even though he is not a good defensive shortstop by the metrics like at all <laughs> um so 
Uh, well, I found I, what else I found was interesting is they brought Red Sox brought back Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, um, they like they know. um they traded uh, Hunter Renfro, who I am glad they traded. He killed he killed the Yankees, especially um, Jordan Montgomery last year. Um, I, I'm I'm glad they traded him. <laughs> uh, Another J- former JBJ, Padre, by the way. Good, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. JBJ is a good defensive center fielder. I I think they'll. I guess they got to move Kike Hernandez to the outfield now full time because they got stolen yeah. in base now, but yeah. uh, we'll see how much time uh, Bradley plays. But um, I mean, Jackie Bradley, he uh, had the worst offensive season in his career last year and he was never known for his bat. Um, right. But he's known for his glove and he's known for his range and center, you know, covering, covering the outfield, especially at Fenway sometimes. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's get to. Uh, here's your wish list. Here's your wish list yeah. coming up. Yeah. If, that, you have, I mean, if you have one more move to make, what would it be, Ryan? Um. So the A's have have yet to trade Frankie Montas or Sean Manaya. Um, seems like half the league is in on these guys. So I don't know if I expect the Yankees to make any more moves before uh, opening day, but I wouldn't. Would not surprise me. I think Sean Manaya is more likely. Uh, he has one year of control, but I do like Frankie Montas more as a pitcher. Um, I think he gets more strikeouts. Manaya is more of a fly ball guy. Um, Montas will probably definitely take more to get him in return. Um, uh, Manaya, I would not give up uh, Oswald Peraza. Uh, to get him if you can get Manaya without giving up Peraza then go ahead um, I would give up Peraza to get Montas although it would sting a little bit but I do think Montas's upside is uh, a scion contender in his best year um, yeah but, so where would you slide so where would you slide Frankie Montas into our into our rotation given you got Cole Severino Tyone Montgomery and then you got a, a band of, of like five, four, five, six um, at that fifth slot. In <laughs> sorry, it's all right. <laughs> um, Montas, I would assuming that Severino is back and pitching well, I would slot him behind Severino. But it depend like it depends. Um, he could easily slot behind Cole, I think. Um, if, if they're trying to, if they're trying to limit Seve's innings and, uh, not wear him down. Yeah. So clearly, clearly my, uh, my dog was not happy with the discussion about the, the rotation, you know, um, once we started talking about moving any of those guys, that, that roof roof was really no, no, don't do it. So <laughs> I really, you know, and as we talked just before we went on the air here, I, I, I'm looking at this rotation and I'm looking at, you know, the, the guys that, that could fill in Luis Gill and, and uh, Debbie Garcia. And, and um, you know, of course we got King and we've got Clark Schmidt and, and all those guys in addition to Nestor Cortez. So, you know, uh, and again, typically every year we'll lose three or four of those arms um, at some point in the season for some, some sort of soreness or injury or whatever. But um, again, if the Yankees make a move from Montas or Manaya. I'm okay with it. If they don't make the move, I'm okay with it. Um, I'd like to see where we go with what we got right now. Here's and the thing is um, 
if you look at the the Yankees rotation, you could you could say like that they could use another arm, but that you could look at everyone's rotation and say that that's 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 always the case with pitching. Um, I think you could even look at the Dodgers rotation and say they could use another guy who could slot in on the back end. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you never have too much pitching. Yeah. I and like I, I said before we went on the air when we were talking about this, that I would hope for an upgrade by the trade deadline if, uh, um, yeah, for the, for the rotation. And relating to that, the, the Reds said that they're not, they're done trading guys. They're not mm-hmm. going to trade Luis Castillo or ta- ta- I think it's Taylor Miley. Um, yeah. Who is, low key just as good as Castillo is um what would be nice to get either of those guys um but we're not going to get them now because they're not trading them um so it's either Manaya Montas or the Yankees are going into the season with what they have yeah that's basically it um there there have been some Wilson Contreras rumors but I don't know if they've come from any anyone that credible i think it's more like mlb trade rumors stuff like that um if you, if you look at us we need a catcher i mean if, we, if we're yeah. going to consider if we're going to carry higgy as our starting guy or we're going to platoon but right now we've lost you know we've lost uh the, the, the yeah thank you um i have to get that name down <laughs> we, we we lost him to a, an oblique he's out for yeah. a while that's that's not that's yeah. not something that's going to heal in anytime soon, and here we are playing Rob Brantley, um, you know, in, in exhibition games uh, with you know with Higgy. Um, now it's kind of I'm I'm going to whisper Austin Wells. I'm going to whisper <laughs> Austin Wells out there. Here's a guy who's already in the spring. He's done pretty well so far in a couple of games. So, yeah, I think the the concern with Wells is. They don't know if he's going to be a catcher at the big league level. They're thinking he might be a first baseman. So we, that would explain the one to two year contract for Rizzo, because I'm looking at yeah. I, who else do they have in their in their farm system as a mm-hmm. first baseman that can come up and do something. So mm-hmm. all right, interesting. Um, yeah. Um, let's talk about Luke Voigt. I, I saw him in a Padres uniform over the weekend. I think he looks pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he got his back old number, 45 back. Yeah, back uh, to number 45. Didn't have to sacrifice that uh, Cole anymore. Um, you know, I, I actually – so there, just a little, little tangent here, Ryan, allow me. Uh-huh. So there was a book back when I was uh, coming out of college that every, it was required reading for everybody coming out of college to prepare for interviews and everything else for jobs. And it was called Dress for Success. Okay, and I completely now understand why the Padres have had such difficulty winning in the recent past here and stuff and how they, you know, unfortunately, last year they tanked and everything. I know this isn't a Padres cast, but Luke Voigt, when that picture came out and showed him dressed in the brown San Diego and stuff, the first thing I thought of was, man, you never want to wear brown if you want to have success. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And only old school people and old people would understand that because it has nothing to do with today's job hunts. So uh, yeah. <laughs> that's my tangent. Sorry. Yeah. That's all right. I, I think uh, him, be, him being DH might help him stay uh, more healthy. Um, I think that they're stuck yeah, with would, Hosmer at first. Yeah. As well, right. 
Well, Hosmer, Hosmer is, uh, you know, he's got a credible, he's an adequate bat. He's not power. He's not a power guy. Um, he's an adequate bat. Um, but um, Hosmer is a real good first baseman. Again, if you look at defense, that's the whole thing. Luke, Luke yes. struggled with defense. And, um, and, and so I uh, think, you know, you got a Hosmer who can keep the, keep the, the, you know, keep the balls from getting by him. That's good. You got Luke who's always had a good bat and can come in and do stuff. Um, there were, you know, again, not to talk Padres, but there were rumors out here that, uh, you know, Will Myers and, and Hosmer were on the block. So. Yep. They, they were definitely trying to move Myers and uh, Myers and Hosmer. Um, cause just cause the contracts are, I mean, yeah. Could, you, could, you, could, you could argue Hosmer is a solid player, but just not worth the, not worth the money. Yeah. Um, the Yankees did get, I thought they considering that, once you sign Rizzo, you lose all your leverage. Where like it's like we right. know you, we know you have no use for Luke Voigt. Um, I, I thought they uh, they did well in the return, considering that they got a uh, a top ten prospect in the Padres system. They got pitcher Justin Lang, who is a recent first round draft pick. I forget if he was picked last year or in twenty twenty, but he's a he's a pitcher, throws hundred miles an hour. Um, you know, let let Matt Blake work his uh, magic with the, or the the Yankees pitching development, which I have more faith in than I had three or four years ago. <laughs> let the, let them work yep. their magic with that. <laughs> well, um, he's got he's got upper nineties and occasionally hundred mile per hour stuff. Yeah. And yes, it was the twenty twenty draft, and uh, it was a supplemental to the first round. So he's, he already, you know, he, yeah. he had a big deal coming out as number 34th pick overall. Was, so. Who did, who did the Yankees pick in 2020? He was picked like four picks behind the Yankees pick. Oh. So. Well, they probably had an eye on him. So. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Let's, let's move on to Aaron Judge. While you, you you can look. Yep, look I'm looking up. it up yeah. for you. Yeah, and um. Oh, Austin Wells. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's what I thought. I didn't want to didn't want to say it without knowing it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's get to Aaron Judge talk. Um, last night was uh when a bunch of guys who are arbitration eligible, they uh, uh the Yankees agreed to everyone that uh was arbitration eligible to deals um to avoid arbitration they avoided they agreed to everyone except for aaron judge which you could take that in a good way or bad way Uh, i take it i take it in a good way yeah me me i take it as like just like i don't it's like nothing to me just tell me where we are on april 7th and i'll uh yeah (laughs) but i think it might signal extension so yeah I, i mean i think uh uh joel sherman came out this week and said that the Yankees are planning to make a presentation and offer to judge next week, uh, about yep. an extension. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I, I don't know what the presentation presentation will entail. Uh, maybe an offer to, uh, be, be captain of the team. Which yeah. <laughs> it'd be pretty cool if he would, if he signs and then they have a press conference and then they yeah. were, we're naming him captain. That would be, it'd be pretty cool. But, it would um, be, it would be, but I think he's, I think he's long-term, he's long-term Yankee. 
Um, you know, I think he proved he could stay healthy a little bit last year. And um, I just, I just, can we just get away from the resting everybody on a Sunday so that they lose that last game of a, of a series, every freaking series. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I, no, I, um, <coughs> sorry, that was a little tangent, but I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I expect judge to be back. Um, there is, you know, there was, there was discussion. There was going to be one more big splash and maybe that's it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can pass on this free agent class and not bring him back. That's absolutely like, that would be a terrible look <laughs> if yeah. you, if you didn't extend him. Um, yeah. yeah. So I gut feeling is, is that judge is extended next, uh, next week or maybe I think it might, it might even go up till the day before opening day, because I mean, I remember when Lindor was uh, getting his extension with the, with the Mets and he, he got extended right before midnight yeah. when, uh, uh, before opening day. So kind of like an igniter to the season or a motive, you know, momentum type building thing, get people yeah. excited. I think um, I just don't want, you know, Cashman has the propensity to do something insulting a really good player. And, yeah. and, and, you know, I mean, I think back to what he did in the last contract negotiations with Jeter and, you know, and I think of some of the other stuff and, and they've been known to be playing really dirty in arbitration, um, you know, and uh, yeah. I just hope they don't do anything silly and crazy, but no, yeah. let's think positively. I think he's going to have a great contract. He'll be a Yankee for life. And if he's a captain, that's good too. Okay. Yeah. I don't, so do you think he's like the biggest dugout presence? I think he's their leader. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Okay. All right. I just think sometimes he's, a, he's the quiet kind of quiet kind of guy uh, and stuff. And um, I don't know, maybe not, you know, I, just listening to how people have uh, talked about him and uh, especially on uh, CC's podcast. Uh, yeah. I, okay. I think he, he has. Um, yeah. I think I, I remember it was CC was talking about in 2017 when he came up uh, he was talking he said he had a, a conversation with uh, Gardy he was like so uh, he said him and him and Gardy were like this is actually his clubhouse now even like yeah. even back then like that oh okay it's his clubhouse um, okay. not that there aren't other leaders in there um, I think yeah Paul is the leader of the pitching staff but um, yeah I think Judge is the guy in there. Yep. Um, hopefully, right. he's here for for a much longer. So. All right. So, hey, before we get to that last bullet, okay, on that side. Um, so, can we talk a little bit about fourth outfielder? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. So, um, I've been, you know, again, we had a little conversation ahead of the ahead of the podcast that. I, I'm liking what Ender and Ciardi is doing so far, but I also have to feel that it's Flor that Floriel, uh, you know, uh, deserves deserves a shot too. So, what's your take right now? We know we've got, you know, we know we've got the rotation of. Uh, I guess we got the. Uh, I guess it's, is it really the fourth outfielder or be the fifth outfielder? Because we've got Gallo, we've got um, mm -hmm. you know Stanton, we've got Judge. Uh, I, I'm glad that Stanton's already playing some outfield and not just doing DH stuff. That's good. Um, and then, of course, center field, Hicks, Florio, Ender, and Ciardi. 
Gallo maybe sometime. I you know what do you, what do you think we're doing there? Um, I think you'll I think you'll out of the corner guys the one guy that you'll see in center I think is a uh, judge I think they mm. said they aren't gonna do it with Gallo which yeah. I I still wish they would do but I know he's um, fast he's got great defense he's played it before yeah so, um but I mean I mean uh, the 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 fifth outfielder seems it's uh, uh unless Guardy's resigned, which um not sure, not sure about. Uh still possible for sure. Um, but I, th- I think it's Florial versus Inciarte right now. And um I think Florial's potential is higher than Inciarte at this yeah. point in his career. Yeah. Which uh that means that makes me lean Florio. I think uh, we saw him play defense last year. I think he can handle center field, and I think he has a rocket arm, which yeah. uh, which helps we need. next yeah. next to Judge as well. That having yeah. two two rocket arms in in the outfield that would uh, well, I mean Gallo does, Gallo has one too, so yeah, uh, it would help. Um, yeah, so. I kind of like I kind of like that too. I th- I think. Um, I would love to give Florial a shot. Uh, Inciarte, I think, is uh, kind of like, um, uh, you know, a veteran who's getting some time to play for a potential uh, move to another team. And I don't know if he has one of those opt-outs just prior to the season starting or not, mm. you know, like uh, Bruce did. But, uh. yeah. Anyway. Um, All right. You want to talk about the the Yankees letter that is going to get? Yeah, us. now it's getting it's getting interesting. So for two years, for two years, I mean, this decision was made by the judge two years ago, right, to unseal the letter, and they've just been uh-huh. fighting it, fighting it since. Yeah, there was the, the appeal. So. <laughs> yeah. So for those for for those out there who are trying to figure out what letter and all that stuff, um, sorry, there was. Uh, um, you know, so the letter supposedly is related to um, uh, the 2017 sign stealing with the Apple Watch and stuff. But, you know, um, and Yankees president Randy, Randy Levine has been arguing against unsealing a letter of confidence and stuff. The judge is saying most of it's already out there. Um, so what's the harm? Uh, but, you know, uh, I guess the biggest issue is when you unseal it, it kind of puts in concrete that the Yankees were cheaters, right? It's a, it really depends what in what's in there because Manfred already he released a statement relating to what is in there, so it's going to be when the letter is unsealed, it'll it'll be looking for differences between Manfred's statement and what's actually in the letter. That's yeah. That's the thing that people are going to be looking for. Um, also, it depends what they if they did stuff after the memo that was sent out in 2017 as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, Randy, Randy Levine has, has said it relates to 2015 as well, or it goes back to 2015. Um, uh, it's hard. Obviously, it's hard to know what's actually in there when it's right, when right. It's yet. Uh, two years ago when this happened, I was like, part of me was like, yeah, unseal it so so we can get this uh, out of the way. Yeah, get this out <laughs> of the way and show Astros fans that it's nothing. <laughs> if Man, it is, if yeah, it is yeah. nothing, 
yeah. and if it's not nothing then so be it and shame on the Yankees for cheating I guess yeah so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I think it I gives mean, more I think this whole discussion gives more credence to the idea that you know everybody was like you got to be kidding me no player gets suspended no player gets anything on this and stuff and they were allowed to go ahead and and, uh, and and just continue on and stuff. I mean, certainly the, certainly the fan ridicule has cost all three of those guys, you know, or three, you know, the three big ones um, in, uh, but, but yeah, you know, um, and, you know, the Yankees have kind of played it like they were cheaters and not, not I mean not the Yankees were cheaters. The Yankees have kind of played it like Houston, you did bad things, you know, I mean, they, I guess what I'm saying, you know, there's a distaste, right, in the Yankee in the Yankee clubhouse for the for the Astros, or it seems to be a, a perceived, but but in some comments, kind of real type thing. Yeah, I just thought uh, Manfred went way overboard in, in protection of the players. By I mean, he was even having fans stopped wearing you know wearing outer garb or anything going into yeah. the stadium. That was kind of crazy, but. You know, maybe, it's, you know, if, if I guess there's there is the opinion, there is an opinion out there that it was kind of widespread. Right. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. just the Yankees, wasn't just the Astros, wasn't just the Red Sox. Um, there were others. So. Yeah. All right. So did we talk enough about that? Did we did we? We'll talk about it when it's unsealed, I guess. <laughs> I don't know yeah, when that'll true. happen. But uh, yeah, I mean. I said before we started recording, I think gut feeling is maybe the Yankees were doing something that like the Red Sox did in 2018, where they were using the video room or something like that, yeah. which is not, that, that's what I think when I think uh, about it being widespread. Yeah. Um, so it, we'll just have to see what is actually in there. Um, yep. Let's see. Uh, All right, let's slide into baseball that's happening now. Yeah, let's do some some quick some quick bullets I, i've been watching most of the spring training games um uh some notes that i do have ikf is has got off to a hot start um yeah for i think it was like first or second pitch of the first game in spring against the pirates he uh hit, i think he hit a double down the line or something like that um and he changed his stance and he has made some comments about adding some slugging to his game as well he doesn't want to just be a slap single hitter, um, which I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Donaldson, by the way, Donaldson has already had a home run in his first yeah, game. Yeah, he hit a he hit one on Saturday. Yep. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so the new guys are making them presence known and presence felt. So, yeah. And obviously, disclaimer is like none of this matters because like right. these, these pitchers are, don't care about the result and, some of the batters aren't even trying to get a hit when they're up there. It's like, uh, they're just trying to see the ball. Yep. Like there, there's some guys who go into spring. They're like, I'm letting the ball travel as deep as I can so I can see it. And then just trying to foul tip it. <laughs> it's like, it's like a game within the game Yeah. with that. But um, uh, one of the biggest things that happened is uh, Luis Severino was uh, uh, he started on Sunday. He threw two innings. Uh, he got knocked around a bit. Uh, he threw, uh, yeah, two innings and he gave up four runs. But he sat at 97. So I was like, I was like, I don't care. He's throwing 97. 
and he's throwing yeah. fat. He's pumping fastballs because he's like, I, I, I want to, I want to throw yeah. fastballs because I'm back. You know. Yeah. Um, no, nope. that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think it was a, I think it was overwhelmingly a good thing that Sevy did that on Sunday, um, and uh, location was a, a bit off. Uh, obviously, I mean. I'm not going to worry about that now. I think uh, yeah. that, that's what he, the stuff is there. That That's yep. the important thing. And um, it's not going to be his normal pitch mix in the, uh, in the season. Um, Jamison Tyone, who this is notable because he had surgery and it was, it was rumored that he was going to miss part of April, but he pitched, he pitched two innings. So he looked really good yep. on Monday and um, Nestor Cortez pitched two innings after that. He looked his normal self as well. Um, Tyone, they said uh, they don't want him feeling balls off the mound just yet. Oh, okay. But, uh, he's, uh, I mean, well, he looked pretty normal to me. Um, yeah. He, he's, they said he's on track for opening day uh, or g- going to be in the first uh, go around in the rotation, which is a good thing. Um, so, um and then Monty started yesterday. He struggled mm-hmm. against uh, the Blue Jays put out their opening day lineup yesterday, yeah, which is yeah, like yeah. all those righties against Monty, who is uh, not ramped up fully. Uh, his uh, velocity wasn't up there. So it's understandable that he got knocked around. Um, through a, through yeah, two he's... innings, he came out early in the first day, earlier in the first day, and then he went back out, which it's like one of those weird spring training. Yep where yep. uh, you can put a guy back in if you want um, to get a clean inning. So that's what the guess who had guess who had that same guess who had that same rule played against him last night. Who? Andrew Haney. Oh, <laughs> our uh, friend, Andrew, Andrew home run bomb. Give it up. Haney. The Heen dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was out here watching in the, uh, again, the Dodgers were playing the Reds and stuff and Haney gave up a three run bomb. Came out and then went back in. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are all the the game notes that I have. Um, yeah, and yeah. and it, we got it's young. I mean, we got yeah. some we got some games coming up, and we'll see we'll see them all get serious about things. You know, what's going to be interesting is uh, we we do have some guys, uh, young guys, getting some time, and uh, yeah, we're, we um. You know, it's going to be pretty quick, right? Because I mean, as you said, we're two weeks away, so pretty much next week they got to start paring it down. Yeah, I'm wondering when they're going to get Cole start in here. Um, it tonight would have made sense because it would have lined him up for opening day, but um, yeah. I think he threw uh, some BP yesterday, stayed mm. back. Um, yeah, but um, okay. be interesting. Uh, it, it's been good to see. We've been able to see Volpe and Peraza pretty much every day which yeah. is, is good to see. Uh, I mean, yep. good to, I think uh, Volpe's looked pretty good defensively. Hasn't, ha- haven't seen him get to get a hit or anything. Um, mm. uh, I think Peraza hit like a foul ball home run base <laughs> that I, that oh, I yeah. saw the other day, but not, nothing too notable from them, but it's, it's cool to see them playing in person on TV. Yeah. Um, and I think Hicks played too, right? I think he's had at least one he game. Did. He had yep. a he had an RBI double on Monday. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Last 
Last question I have before we get to Brian's history, which is returning for this episode, yeah. is uh, who do you have as your choice for a leadoff hitter? And, you know, ever since that question went up, I've been running through the entire lineup and then running through it. I don't want it to be Anthony Rizzo. Um, I, I, he, as much as he's a good hitter and stuff, I, I equate him with DJ LeMahieu in some ways, only with more power probably and a lefty bat. But, um, you know, when you think of a leadoff hitter, you want it, you typically think, you know, uh, work, you know, get on base, good on base percentage, yeah. some speed, you know, put some, put some threats, get the pitcher thinking already that you might be going a second and stuff and, and everything. I'm thinking who's in that lineup, who's in that lineup that can actually do that. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking IKF, <laughs> you know, uh, potentially, but you know, uh, otherwise, percentage isn't there though. Uh, yeah. It doesn't walk okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the one um, thing. So maybe the contacts Glaber, there, but yeah, yeah, contacts there. Maybe Glaber Torres. Do you think? What about Torres? Torres likes to work, uh, work the bat a little bit, work the work the pitcher a little bit. That's I don't a, know. It's an interesting idea because like Torres is like he's not fast, but he's like a smart base runner. I think. Yeah, like he, I think he stole a base the other day. I was like, he he steals based on like uh, he can watch the pitcher and tell yeah. when he can take a base and. Um, it's an, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. So, um, otherwise we're going station to station with, um, you know, you got Rizzo DJ, then you got judge, uh, throw Donaldson in the middle of that. You Stanton. could go with Hicks. You could go with Hicks, but Hicks has been there before and failed. Right. I mean, isn't Hicks already a better third? You know, he, he's typically been better at the three or the five. Yeah, I don't know how much they've put him there. I okay. Think, I like yeah. the, once they got DJ, they didn't put him there like basically at yeah. all. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know how much in 2018 he was there. Yeah. But, um, I I like the idea of Gallo because he walks so much <laughs> and he's a really true. good base runner, but Gallo doesn't like <laughs> to lead off. That's like. Uh, that was that's I want Gallo leading off playing center center field for a game <laughs> this year. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can't do it with Higgy. Um, no. you know, he's not fast or anything, and his contact usually is over the fence. It doesn't do a whole lot in between or to the fence. Um yeah, I mean you yeah. would you would you yeah would you take Judge out of the two and move him to one? That that is one one thing I would consider. Yeah, yeah. I do I do like the idea of that? Um, think it what you would go. Yeah. What, judge one, Rizzo two, and Stanton three, maybe or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Be I, I I hope they kind of play with it this year. Uh, that's what I hope they do. Knowing the Yankees, knowing Boone, and knowing knowing the uh, the the analytics of the, of the thing, they'll be playing with that the entire year. They're not yeah. going to settle in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to get <laughs> crazy there on you. So sorry. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you look at it. I mean, I, I, I kind of like the lineup from a standpoint of contact and everything, but you're right. I'm going to say, where's the speed? So, yeah. All right. Ready for Brian's history? The retirement? I am. I am. And it's back. Um, and, and, and when I looked at it, when I looked at the history of this day, um, 
one only one thing stood out to me. And again, uh, you know, for the young crowd, you may or may not remember this and stuff. And of course, everybody today is all over Hal Steinbrenner. Um, but but back in 1990, 32 years ago, um, on this date, the FBI arrested Howard Spira. Now, who is Howard Spira? Howard Spira was a guy paid by George an amount of money, roughly 40K, to try to dig up dirt on Winfield Foundation. And of course, Winfield, uh, you know, is one of the, I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, a, a phenomenal outfielder and stuff at the time from the, uh, the Padres and then the Yankees. And then he went to the Blue Jays for a little bit, I think. Um, but apparently, you know, George and, um, George and Winfield had a, had a, had, they were having a rough time at the start. And George signed Winfield as one of his free agents early on and stuff. And one of the first guys, I think, to make a million dollar contract. Um, but the problem with that was, is this guy Spira came back to George and said, I want more money or I'm going to start telling. And, wow. and so the F at that point, when he started doing extorting uh, uh, George, um, uh, George wouldn't pay him anymore. And the FBI, arrested him for extortion however what that led to is that baseball finding out that george had paid the guy some money already and so george got suspended in july of that year george got suspended for 30 months and was not able to have contact with anybody in the yankee organization at any level basically went back to running his boat his uh boat building and horses operations and stuff now, of course, that's what we know. I'm sure he had contact, but, you know, the idea was so anyway. Yeah. So so it was a sneak. So with the Yankees now having this unsealed letter, potentially, OK, as a as a a backdrop to the start of the season here in 1932 years ago, the Yankees had another issue that became a backdrop to their season. So, well, of course, that led to stick Michael building. The dynasty Yankees as well. Yes, exactly. So. It gave him the freedom to go and bring a bunch of young guys in. And, and four years later, four or five years later, we're seeing all those guys. And, and, and that was so absolutely it's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think that's a, that's a good way to wrap up the episode. I think we covered yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. Baseball's we'll be back. back. It's, good to, it's good to be with it, Ryan. It's good to, good to talk with you. Yeah, we'll be we'll be back next week. Um, I was thinking maybe next. No, not next week would would not be the the season preview. Well, uh, opening day is on a Thursday, two weeks from today. Yep, yep. Two weeks from tomorrow. So two weeks we'll do our tomorrow. be perfect timing. We'll do a season preview two weeks from now. We'll do another one of these style of episodes next week. Um, thank you for listening to the Yankee Nation podcast presented by uh, New York Sports Nation, and uh, we will see you next week. Yep.